Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the stars above us for today. And as it's Friday for the upcoming weekend, yes, it is Veterans Day in the USA. I'm not sure if the whole entire world experiences this on the same day, but uh, we take time to celebrate our veterans and to thank them for their service. And we do that every November 11th, which happens to be an interesting day numerologically as 11-11 seems to be about bringing in the light, right? Bringing in enlightenment, illumination, being able to see clearly now. And on top of that, we have a year that is a 22 it's actually 2022, but if you put them, you know, in the typical way we do it, 11, 11, 22, it has a lot of energy associated with it today. I actually woke up feeling a lot of energy today. Then I realized that the, that the moon was moving through the last few degrees of Gemini, and that happens to be where my sun is. So I was getting an infusion of <laughs> good energy from the moon. And hopefully that lasts uh, through the day today and even into the weekend. Uh, so funny, right? Uh, it is also uh, a day where we get to talk about the sun and earth changing gates in our human design, and they move into what is one of my favorite places of all in human design, the channel. They actually are forming a channel this week uh, from the 43 to the 23. The 43 sits at the point of the Ajna, so the second center down in your human design chart at the point, and then it meets up at the throat center with the gate 23 and forms the channel of insight or innovative thinking, uh, or structuring. That's the old uh, traditional way of looking at the energy in that channel. So we're going to break that down and take a look at it from a couple of different angles this morning. And then as well, we have uh, continuing three days here today, tomorrow and Sunday of energies in the planets as they're forming aspects. So we're going to want to talk about that, how that impacts us. And then as well, we have the moon shifting. Uh, actually, today the moon is in Gemini until about uh, 4.23 p.m. West Coast time. And that means we also have a void, of course, moon on tap for the day. So the void begins at 2.29 p.m. West Coast, uh, 5.29 for those of you in the Eastern time zones, and lasts for a couple of hours till we get to 4.23 p.m. and then moves out of Gemini and into the sign of cancer. So that means that today, on top of some of the other energies that are happening, we also have the moon in a conjunction to Mars, who is also in the sign of Gemini and in retrograde. So I'm wondering if that is uh, providing some inspiration and insight or uh, computer challenges and communication challenges, which seems to be the case. <laughs> for a lot of people out there. It's so, so funny because this Mars in retrograde is acting so much like Mercury in retrograde, it's almost hard to tell them apart. Um, at least that's how it's coming out for me, uh, ha having com computer challenges. Yesterday morning, I turned on my computer to get ready to, to do my day. And I'm talking to my husband about something and I turn around and I look at my screen and it's completely yellow like yellow. Now this is a brand new laptop. I mean, it's not even six months old yet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's almost like the, you know, the black screen of death or the blue screen that comes up that you're like, uh oh, right, something's wrong. But this was totally yellow. And I, no matter what I hit on my laptop, or I mean, on the keyboard, nothing changed. And I was like, oh God, what is going on? So I eventually ended up having to, um, turn off the computer and then turn it back on and then it worked fine. So I'm like, I, 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 I don't know what the heck it is. Uh, but because I think Mars is in Gemini, whose ruler is Mercury, that there's some similarities that are coming up between uh, the Mars and Mercury that would be retrograde, R Mercury retrograde in any sign, right? But specifically because Gemini is the ruler, or I mean, Mercury rules Gemini, I feel like, you know, Mars retrograde is kind of stirring the pot with some of those technology communication snafus. 
Um, funny thing, a couple of people this week sending me requests for charts um, have sent me their wrong, incorrect birth dates. And so then I send them reports and charts all based on a, an incorrect date, which just makes me laugh, right? Because how easy it is for us to hit an eight instead of a seven or something like that on our keyboards. So a lot of that kind of stuff happening. And you, you really just have to kind of sit back and laugh about it. There isn't, you know, I mean, I could have gotten irritated. I was a little concerned about my, you know, new laptop doing that to me the other day. But I thought, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Maybe I should just turn my computer off and reset it. Sure enough, that helped. So I guess you greet it with laughter or you greet it with some semblance of um, understanding that, you know, some things are just out of your control. Uh, as best as we can be is what we can be, right? Uh, I'm also so very happy to see Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel out there this morning listening to us because I was worried about Hurricane Nicole. It looked last night when I looked at the radar, it looked like the center of circulation of what was now a tropical storm was right over where you live, Debbie. So I was freaking out. I texted you. You didn't answer me. So I thought, oh, no, she has no electricity or maybe you had to flee the area. My imagination went crazy. So I'm glad to see you out here. You were the first one in this morning. Uh, so it's good to see you, Debbie. It's good to see Treat Yourself out there this morning. And Tom says, buenos dias, mi familia astro. It's good to see you. I'm so glad you're multilingual, Tom. And uh, it's also good to see you, Pam. Uh, she says, thank you and veterans out there and their families. You know, it's interesting because almost everybody, even if you didn't have a spouse or a significant other, a son or daughter that were in the military, likely you had a parent uh, or a grandparent in the military. So really this impacts everybody, um, you know, that um, is in the celebration of or the thanking and the gratitude for our veterans for the work that they did, protecting us, defending us, et cetera, at various times and in various places. But, you know, the military, you know, as we could go on forever about a discussion about that, but they also do good things too, because they also show up in times of need after hurricanes, floods, fires, earthquakes, and they really help keep the order and to make sure supply lines are established so people get things. And those are also veterans, right? They're, they're part of the military. So, or at least in our country, I don't know, other countries may do it differently. Uh, so we thank all kinds of military men for, and women for their service. Uh, over the years in whatever way that you were called to serve. Uh, so let's see, good Kajella, good morning to you. Christine Buckingham, hello. Amanda Jeffs, good morning or good evening, I guess, to you. Angela Christine, good to see you. Erica, hello. And Elisa, good morning. Joan Durchy, hello and happy Friday to you as well. Uh, treat yourself says definitely having computer challenges. I know, I know it's just been crazy, right? Uh, Debbie says, sorry, we just got rain. I rarely go into Messenger, so didn't see your message. I also sent you a text message, but it kept bouncing back to me. You know, technology also having an issue. <laughs> so I thought, well, I'm going to try Messenger. See, it's the only other way. I guess I could have FaceTimed you. But it would have been 10 o'clock your time uh, by the time I noticed that uh, Nicole was bearing down on you guys. So, so glad to see that you just got rain and that it didn't turn out to be a repeat of anything major uh, in your area. So, all right, let's, uh, if, does anybody have anything uppermost in their mind this morning that's going on astrologically, human design wise, uh, metaphysically wise that you want to chat about? If so, put that down here in the post to comment. If you're on YouTube, on Facebook, I will also see it. So you can post it in the, the comments section. And if you're on LinkedIn, I'm sorry, I don't get to see those messages, but I can go back later and take a look and see what kinds of questions you might have. So let's take a look here now at what is going on for our weekend. So as I said, today the moon is in Gemini, and we've talked a lot about Gemini energy, so I didn't really want to go into breaking all of that down again. Remember, Gemini is a sign of communication and of taking action, you know, short distance travels, things like that. It's a sign of the mind. So it also has a connection to how we think and what we're thinking about or how quickly we're thinking or how scattered our focus can get. 
And because Mars is in the sign of Gemini in retrograde, we may be having past thoughts and past experiences coming back up to us in our minds for us to look over. I even noted that a couple of people are having people from their past come back and that's a distinctly Mercury retrograde thing to have happen. But it's not surprising with Mars retrograde in Gemini that that would also be happening. Just remember, don't get caught up in the past take a look at what might be that you are experiencing from the past as a way to be able to let it go if it's baggage, to reframe it if it was an experience of something that you didn't quite feel good about, reframe it, right? What did you learn from the experience and let that go and move on, right? Don't, don't grab on to those old thoughts and hold on to them and make them something more than what they really truly are. So, the moon will then move into Cancer this evening or this afternoon, my time, uh, and will be in Cancer for the entire weekend. And I thought we'd break down Cancer just as a reminder of what it rules and how it impacts us, right? Now, the moon in Cancer is in the sign that she rules. She is very comfortable there. And as the moon repre represents our emotional self or our inner self, right, our connection to our emotions and to our higher self or to our inner world, uh, beyond a lot of other things as well, then we can expect that this weekend might be one that we could characterize as emotional and maybe emotional high ups and also maybe at times taking us into the more melancholic energies. The moods might be shifting quickly and easily over the weekend. But as well, there's such a beautiful, nurturing, loving energy in the sign of cancer that we really want to tap into. In fact, in the highest or in the light of cancer, what we have is a very nurturing, loving, giving individual or energy. And it is also somewhat protective. And it, it's a very strongly mother energy. So mother and mothering energy. And trust me when I say you don't have to be a woman to have that mothering energy in your life. There is a part of us all that resonates to caring and protection, right? Protecting our youngsters, protecting those we love, protecting our communities, et cetera, et cetera. This is also a very family and traditions oriented sign, right? The moon here is... Uh, always connects us to connection, right? Connection. How are we all connected? How do we all belong? And where do we belong? You know, one of our most human uh, needs is the uh, energy of belonging and to connecting to our parents, our family of origin, being a part of a group, a family, uh, being a part of a family is our very first experience. And that nurturing, loving energy that we receive from our mothers and from our fathers is the first experience we have, really, of what high cancer energy can be. And it is also intuitive energy. It's a water sign. So in the water signs, we have connection to knowingness, to um, our inner knowing without knowing how we know what we know sometimes, intuition that's spontaneous or even gut check oriented or gut instinct. It's the instinctual self. Uh, emotional, sometimes some of you about, yeah, it's about 50% of us out here in this world have emotional authority. And that's a human design term. If you're new to human design, emotional authority means that it is your emotions that tell you when it's appropriate for you to take action and what is appropriate for you to take action on. It's all based on how you feel. And that happens here also in cancer. It's very emotionally connected. And the emotions are kind of calibration tools, right? They're not necessarily something good or bad. It's not great to feel love and hope and, and sadness or any of that kind of stuff. It's not those specific feelings that are important. It, what's important is what information is that giving you about, so if you're feeling happiness and hope and all of that, then what is it that you're thinking about or what is it that you've been doing that has brought you into that uh, very positive feeling of that, that you're experiencing? And uh, hold on, I lost everybody here. I lost myself. StreamYard, there I am. <laughs> I had to close out something that was going to, was dinging in my ears. Uh, so at any, <coughs> excuse me, at any rate, 
when we are experiencing emotions such as sadness or anger or upset, it is also telling us something, right? It's telling us about how we've moved away from our heart or from our core or how our thoughts are taking us down a rabbit hole, perhaps, right? Emotions are actually sort of indications coming from your inner self about where your focus is and is it in the right place or is it not in the right place, right? Did we stray too far? Now, sometimes the emotion of melancholy, which does come up here in the sign of cancer with the moon in cancer in particular, is also telling us where it's a time to maybe go more inward and to focus more inward. Uh, rather, maybe we've been doing too much in the outer world or we've been you know, pushing ourselves too hard to go somewhere in the outer world or to do, to be a doing instead of a being. And that melancholy is also highly creative energy. And I want you to keep in mind melancholy because that's also an experience for the weekend besides the fact that the moon will be in the sign of cancer. Now, cancer is also a loyal, loving, vulnerable sign. When you think about the crab, the crab is covered, the soft inner body of the crab is inside and it's covered by a very tough shell. And further, its defense, those claws that you don't want to get too close to, are also protection against vulnerability. So cancer sometimes is emotionally vulnerable. Sometimes it's vulnerability to sharing from their deepest places. And vulnerability is not necessarily an emotional energy, but it can trigger all kinds of fears, perhaps. Um, or sometimes it can trigger deep caring and empathy. So vulnerability and being vulnerable also a part of the experience of the moon in Cancer. Uh, I see Linny and I see Kamal. Good morning to the both of you. Uh, Linny says, as a splenic projector, I have to keep remembering to ask, are these emotions mine? Exactly right. For those of you who are not defined in your emotional center, Remember, I said 50% of you are defined, so there's 50% of you out there who don't have definition there, meaning it's not colored in on your human design chart, which means you are not broadcasting emotional energy. If it's open in your chart, instead, you are taking in energy of emotions from around you, uh, from the collective, from planets in transit that happen to be passing through and making a connection to your emotional center. So doing exactly as Linny said here, asking that question, are these emotions mine or whose feelings am I feeling or what is the emotional energy of the room um, is an important distinction because a lot of the time you're feeling things that might not even be yours. Um, good morning to you, Kathleen. And uh, I don't know if Michelle is out there. Good morning, JLo. I see people joining us now. Today's the holiday, so the kids are all out of school. Banks are closed. The post office is closed. So we have uh, a day where more people can join us for the live because maybe they don't even have to work today. Not so good for my husband. He has to work today. And I'm also working today, so, uh, but that's okay. Uh, anyway, now let's take a look at the shadow energy in the moon and cancer because that we, we just want to be aware of what the full spectrum is of the energies that we could be experiencing over the weekend. Now in cancer, cancer can lose objectivity in the flood of emotion and moods that it is experiencing. So we want to make sure that we don't make rushes to judgment about anything, Try not to make decisions in the moment on anything you're feeling because the feeling could shift in the next moment or in the next hour. Uh, and if you take actions, you, it's harder sometimes to come back from the actions that you've taken based on an emotional reaction versus an emotional response. So watch out for that. There's also moodiness, right? Moodiness is one of those things. Now, I personally don't think moodiness is... Uh, so much of a shadow, but it can be if it starts to impact your relationships or how it is that you interact with the world or whether you interact with the world based on mood. So this is an energy in the shadow that can be emotionally reactive or can be the exact opposite and emotionally closed off, right? So two extremes and in the middle, of course, is using our emotions to tell us where our hearts are centered. 
there can be anxiety or anxiousness from the influx of that emotional energy. And we also want to remember that cancer is a sign of security orientation and a need for stability, right? So if the cupboards are full, then cancer feels much better. If the cupboards are empty, then that security orientation takes over. And now we start to do things from a position of fear, right? Hoarding or uh, spending money that we shouldn't spend and think behaviors that are more safety or security oriented, which is really coming from the place of fear of not enough, fear of I'm not good enough, uh, all kinds of different fears can enter into uh, the conversation when the moon is moving through the sign of cancer. Uh, all right. Good morning, Kathleen, uh, Kathleen Mallory. Good morning, Catherine Worcester. And it's great to see everybody uh, joining us this morning. Um, also, I wanted to talk about the, the three uh, expressions of planetary aspects this uh, weekend and including today, so Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, there are three very different aspect patterns. We, remember on Monday when we talked, we we were talking about how the, the week starting then was going to be every day a new energy coming at us. And sometimes that can trigger anxiety. Sometimes that triggers confusion. And we had the lunar eclipse in the midst of all of that. Um, and all of that. So thing, we can feel a little bit like we've been through the washing machine, right? The agitator, the uh, what is that thing called? The spin cycle, <laughs> because so many different things are happening uh, during uh, the days that we have these transits. So we have a transit today with the sun in a square or a 90 degree angle or a challenge to the planet Saturn. And here's where sometimes we get into contrary thinking, not contrary as in Uranus, who just likes to stir the pot and be a rebel, but contrary as in there may be, you know, the sun is really our ego energy and our personality and how we put ourselves forward into the world, how we individualize ourselves or how we show up in our individuality. And then when you put it in a square to Saturn, that is wanting to have things more concrete, sequential, or in a box, or boundaried, limited, uh, sustainable, uh, we can sometimes feel a little bit like we've been boxed in. And in that case, we might start thinking about how we want to be different, about how we want our lives to be different, about how we want to turn it over and do something new. And it's much harder to be optimistic about the world or about yourself or about what's going on when we have any planet, much less the sun, in a square to Saturn. But the way that we can really use this energy, the, the positive expression of it, is to really look at the sustainability factor of everything in your life, what you're doing, what you're using your money for, uh, what you're actually focusing on, how you're set up for the future, because Saturn is in future-oriented Aquarius, the sun, of course, in Scorpio, looking deep, looking, at, you know, Scorpio, Scorpio really has its sort of finger on the pulse of the long game, right? It's a fixed sign. So if it's going to be fixed in a certain direction, it's going to make sure that everything is uh, lined accordingly and is going to have a more deeply penetrating view of what's going on, getting right to the core of something, perhaps. And uh, Saturn, you know, in Aquarius is both future oriented, but also sort of holding a little bit to the past, wanting to bring some of the good from the past forward. So the the energy for you as a person might be about now how do I both set myself up for the future and yet hold on to or take with me on that journey uh, to the future some of the things that have really supported me that are sustainable that have stood the test of time moving on now into the future and it's funny because that is a, a this is a transit that is probably a few days long probably started a day or two ago and today it's in its exact and then we're probably going to feel that for the next couple of days um, as you know these things don't happen in a vacuum they don't happen just in that moment it's kind of over a course of time 
And uh, interestingly enough, I found myself thinking about those same things. Like if I'm going to move on into next year, what things did I do this year that are worth taking with me? What things might I release a little bit? Uh, and what things might I go back to that I hadn't um, been looking at this year? Uh, so that's from a business point of view, but we can do that in all areas of our lives, right? In our relationships, in our home lives, our financial lives, our health, on and on, all through the Zodiac wheel. So there is also an element of insecurities that might pop up. We also have the moon in Cancer, so it wouldn't be surprising if something triggered an insecurity or a doubt within you about yourself or about your abilities, about which direction to go. Um, during this period of time. The clue is to not make big decisions at a time when things are a little wonky, right? In human design, when you've had a human design reading or you've gotten your human design report, it probably has very clear information about the strategy that your type uses in order to make the best decisions, right? And almost all of them require, with the exception of manifestors, some degree of waiting, right? Some degree of waiting. You're responding maybe as a generator or a manifesting generator to something outside of yourself, not a thought or an idea that comes up from within you, right? Or a memory, right? We don't react to memories. And if you're a projector, you're still waiting. You're waiting for the invitation from the outer world pretty much, right? Or even uh, waiting for some person that is going to invite you in to uh, participate. Reflectors, you're waiting for 28 days before you make big decisions. So at a time when we, and manifestors, of course, your free will is consummate, right? You, you're here to make those decisions in the moment and then choose again if it doesn't work out, right? So you guys are a little bit different creature. Uh, but still, it's really important for you to understand that there's an element of waiting for almost every one of you out there. And depending also on what your authority is, making a decision in the moment in a snap sort of way based on an emotion is only going to lead to either feelings, more feelings of insecurity when it blows up in your face, uh, or more feelings like I never get what I want, uh, or, you know, in some ways even create more problems that you then have to course correct. So try to be careful about making decisions on a day like today or these next couple of days even because are you really feeling the truth of the moment? right? Waiting for perhaps for that insight or breakthrough that is sure to happen as well during this energy of this week based on our on the human design uh, transits, then maybe you can just hold space until you have that input uh, of revelation energy. Now, Saturday, we have Mercury in a trine to Neptune. So now the mind meets spirit, right? So we have the two of these um, uh, aspect or the two of these planets in an aspect that is uh, connotes flow, right? A trine is the ease and transfer of energy between the two planets. Sometimes what this is, is, you know, the putting of confusion, confusion energy into perspective and being able to uh, express into words what it is just a day or two ago that you couldn't express into words. So it, it could be a really interesting time because sometimes we have a dream or sometimes we have an insight a oh, key word right insight or an intuition and we're trying to bring it into words right we're trying to say what's on our minds we're trying to say you know what we're experiencing or what we see uh, our vision and it's sometimes very difficult to put things into words but with a transit like tomorrow's mercury trine neptune suddenly we can put into words the things that we have uh, had a hard time expressing. So there's that. And then it might be easier then for us to share our inner vision, our intuition, our our dreams with others. So Mercury trying Neptune, clearing up the confusion as it were, because, you know, Neptune, Neptune is a planet sometimes that's blurry. It's hard to bring things into focus, right? It's hard to see what's, what is that, what is that vision? What does that mean for me? We want to dial it in and get it, you know, clearer, but we can't. Uh, but suddenly we can, right? Suddenly we can. And then can put words to it and express it to ourselves, but also to others. Uh, Sunday, Venus comes into a sextile with Pluto. A sextile is a 60 degree relationship between the two planets. It is also a, a 
uh, a planetary aspect that sort of is when two planets, they don't see necessarily exactly the same way, but they have a sort of mutual understanding between them. So in this case, we're seeing that Venus and what she values and the, her relationships and finances and uh, self-worth and love are in some ways being able to see what Pluto's transformative energies and empowering energies are up to. You know, Pluto in the very last few degrees of Capricorn, right? A, a sign ruled by Saturn that has been, you know, up turning our world or turning our world upside down over the last several years. And so what I kind of get out of this is about fearless love, right? The, these two coming together bring us into that cooperative spirit, right? Being fearless about, you know, meeting each other on the other side of the aisle, shaking hands and saying, I want to know what your perspective is. And the other one saying, okay, now tell me your perspective. And let's find the commonalities in our perspectives. And then let's work on solving the differences, right? It's a very compatible kind of energy. It is one that also imbues each of us with a sort of quiet confidence. So where the sun squaring Saturn today can kind of bring in doubt or insecurity or bring it up to the surface for us to release or to do something about, then on Sunday, Venus in a sextile to Pluto helps us gain some of that confidence back in our relationships, uh, maybe in our finances, maybe in our health, maybe in our love relationships, uh, our, our extended family relationships, in how we value ourselves or find ourselves worthy uh, in receiving, right? In the seat, receiving and allowing. So, uh, Linny, happy birthday. I did not know your birthday was that day. So, yay for Venus sextile on her birthday. People may love me, uh, LOL, said Scorpio Sun. People may love you. I'm sure they do love you, right? We love your card reading, certainly. Uh, anyway, so if anybody has questions about how those aspects or those planetary transits will impact you, go ahead and type those down into the chat, post it as a comment. I can see the comments as they pop in. Uh, now, I want to take a look now at the sun and earth through human design as we go into this week. In fact, I believe this energy takes us from the 11th today all the way through the 16th, which is next Wednesday. And like I said at the beginning of the hour today, this is like one of my favorite uh, channels. When the sun comes to the 43, it completes the channel from my Ajna down to my throat. And for all of you, it's completed as well. Even if it's a completely open channel, this transit this week completes the channel, right? The sun is sitting at the 43 at the end of the Ajna and the earth is sitting at the 23 so we are all in receipt of insight right or innovative thinking or the ability to think outside of the box in the old traditional human design i say it old i don't mean it really is old <laughs> in traditional human design it was called the channel of structuring so not sexy uh, the channel of innovative thinking much sexier that is much more quantum and in a, in a very, very real way, it makes much more sense to me to have innovative thinking in this channel rather than just structuring. Now, the lesson, what's the lesson here uh, in each of these gates? Because the gates themselves are, um, are the, the components, right, that make up the energy of the week. So with the sun at the gate of insight, we're now connecting what we think to what we say, what we speak, right? So the connection is coming in for us to be able to share our insight, right? To share our ideas, to share what we see, to share um, maybe our unique point of view, right? And in that uh, wanting to share of ourselves, we have to learn to uh, trust that our insights are coming from our genius, Right. I, I like to tell people that, you know, you're a genius. You have the gate of genius or the gate of insight or the gate of brilliance or the gate of uh, intuition, whatever you want to call this gate. 
in your human design, whether it's defined or whether it's not, right? You have all of the human design, you have all of those energies available to you. So we're all geniuses in some way or another. And it's when we uh, tap into our personal genius to share that, you know, our, our brilliance, our genius gets uh, picked up by others. And then we, we feel valued, heard and recognized for our particular brilliance. And when I think of that, I think of it, what is it that you can do better than anybody else can do, right? What is it that you see that others never see, right? So uh, I happen to know what my personal genius is. I was looking at other people around me uh, just because this is a good exercise. Look at other people around you and see what is their personal genius? What is it they can do better than anybody else can do? So I was thinking like my husband, who is such a genius at kind of deciphering what's going on in, with any kind of machine or any kind of uh, mechanical thing where I look at it and go, yep, let's throw it out and buy a new one. And he's like, uh-uh, let's, let's, let me take this apart and see what I can do. He's a genius that way. I'm not, right? I'm not. But I can value his genius just as I'm sure he values my genius when it comes forward. So we are surrounded by geniuses, right? So tapping into genius. And then the other part of this is about sharing of your genius. And here's where things get a little tricky because this is kind of freaky genius in the right timing. This is like Da Vinci energy, right? Where Da Vinci who drew all of these fantastic mechanical drawings of things that you know, wouldn't be, um, you know, brought into the world for another couple of hundred years and almost, you know, got him in trouble because people thought he was mad, right? He thought he needed to be, or thought he was a heretic even. And being a heretic in those days was a bad thing. And um, the, the point is to share your genius with the right people, uh, the right idea in the right timing, right? That's the key. And waiting for the right words to be able to come, to be able to share your genius. So right words, I should have said right people, right timing. And then when you are able to share with those kind of qualifiers, your brilliance shines through. So then how do we know what the right timing is here? Because that's the part that gets us, right, is the timing. And the timing, because it is connecting, the brilliance is in the ajna, it's connecting to the throat to be made manifest, right? To be made heard, to be uh, have words brought to it. But because it's on the throat center where that would happen, we have to wait for the invitation to be able to share or else what we share may not be accepted in the spirit in which we were sharing it. Right. People might look at you and go, you're mad. You're crazy. You're a loon. Right. <laughs> so we want to wait for the invitation to be able to share our insight or our brilliance. We've all heard the saying that my advice fell on deaf ears. Well, if your advice or your insight is falling on deaf ears, it's because that person was not ready to hear what you had to say and you're trying to force your innovative thinking onto someone who's not ready. So you wait for the invitation, which can be like, you know, a literal, tell me what you think about this situation I'm experiencing because I'm at a loss. And suddenly your genius comes forth, right? It can also be that you say, hmm, you know, I've been listening to this experience you're having and I have some ideas. Are you open to allowing me to share that with you? And you use your words, right? That was just a lot of words to say, I have an insight. Do you want to hear it? Um, and you wait. If they say yes, then share. If they say no, you know, this is just too much right now. I can't take it anymore in. Then you say, okay, fine. Um, when you're ready, look me up kind of thing. We have to be willing to do that, right? The alternative is to just vomit out what it is that you want to say and then it not being accepted or taken in in the spirit in which you were giving it. And now you feel alienated or you feel not heard. You feel not valued. You feel not recognized. Right. And it can be a very tough thing to find to think that people don't value you or that they don't want to hear what you have to say. 
And in reality, they do just maybe not right this minute, right? Maybe they're, you know, too deep in their emotions. Uh, maybe they're just not ready. They're just not on the same level yet uh, where they can take in and accept what it is that, that your brilliance is showing them. So sharing what you know in the wrong time or by not getting a positive res response from the people around you can make that a very difficult experience for you where you begin to shut yourself down, right? You stop sharing your insights or you stop sharing um, your brilliance and the world loses out on the contribution that you could have made. So be careful, right? The other thing that's kind of quirky that happens here in this gate is that of being scooped. I think we've all probably at some point or another had the experience of coming up with a brilliant idea and we just blurt it out or we share it with people and then we don't take action on it necessarily. But then a few weeks later, someone else that we know that we talk to takes up the idea and everybody's telling them what a genius they are, <laughs> how awesome that idea is, when in reality, it was really your idea. And you're going, but I had that idea first. So that is a classic example of not paying attention to the right timing in sharing your ideas or your brilliance or your insight. So there's that as well. Um, now let's look at the earth. The earth will be sitting on the throat center at the gate called assimilation in traditional human design, but in quantum human design called the gate of uh, tr uh, transmission. So it is the 23 that receives the brilliant insight from the 43 and then translates the insight into words right? So you could think of it as a pipeline, right? The pipeline is idea, idea meets the throat, gets spoken, right? So it's about how we um, bring out the insight through language, right? And language is the creative energy on this planet, right? Language puts it, starts the formation of something, right? So when we, you know, anything that is going to be made has to come through words first, right? There's an idea, it gets put into words, and then actions start to happen in relation to the words. I hope that makes sense, right? It's kind of the, how the manifesting path goes. So the lesson with the gate 23 then is to recognize that change and uh, transformation are inevitable, right? That these new ideas and these brilliant, innovative sort of things that are coming in um, need to be expressed, but in the right timing. So again, we go back to timing. And if you're having trouble putting into words what it is that you see or hear or your idea, then likely it's maybe not the right timing yet because the whole thing, the epiphany that's inherent in this energy hasn't occurred, right? The aha moment, the brilliant light coming on hasn't yet happened. And don't slip into despair then if people don't really understand uh, or aren't ready for your brilliance, it's just that you shared it in the wrong timing. There weren't the words yet that could be understandable by the people, the audience that you're trying to share them with. I have had this experience so many times, right, with people who come into the morning show and we're talking about the gene keys or we're talking about something and they're like, I don't get this, it's too complex, I don't understand. It was literally, you know, not necessarily uh, anybody's fault. It is a, a, about timing, right? Not being able to understand something can happen because it's not the right timing. And, you know, a lot of you have been with me for a very long time in this audience and you've come along with me through all these insights that I've shared over time. But if you're someone new and you're coming in today, you're, you're going, what's human design? <laughs> what's an epiphany, right? Not necessarily that, but um, so sometimes that uh, you just have to be open to allowing the aha or that epiphany or that understanding about what's being uh, what the transmission is or what the message is to happen organically in its right timing. On the other hand, sometimes you have to wait to be able to express it to an audience or to people in the right timing, right? It's kind of both. So um, 
the whole gift in this channel and this gate in particular is about the ability to share this transformative insight and information in the right timing because it elevates other people's thinking. It changes minds, right? It changes minds. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of listening to someone who is giving a speech. Uh, there's many examples of it on TED Talks and things like that, or YouTube videos and so forth, where people, uh, they get up and they just inspire others. And it's the right timing that is the key. It's the right timing for the right idea expressed with the right words that cause the breakthrough, the insight, the epiphany, the revelation. We have lots of words in the English language for that energy. And that's where we are this week, right, with all of this energy. But again, sharing all of that in the wrong timing can bring up feelings of being misunderstood or feeling alienated, like I don't fit with my family, they don't get me. This group of people, I said something last week, and they're like, I don't get you. Uh, but it can also lead to melancholy, that feeling of sort of sadness or depression that um, that causes us maybe to withdraw or to pull away from people or to not ex use our spiritual gifts in the uh, uplifting of our fellow humans. All right. Uh, questions about that. So imagine this. All of you, all of you listening have access to this energy from today all the way through the 16th. So we all have to watch out for sharing things in the wrong timing. We all have to be aware of what our genius is, to see the genius in other people, and then to be able to enact a conversation in the right timing with others uh, that does sort of bring us uh, into that higher understanding of new ideas and innovative thinking and invention kind of thing, right? Uh, Tom, please prayers and vibes for uh, Ainsley's uncle, Mike and family. He's checking out love and gratitude. So we said we send much love and uh, energy to uh, Ainsley and her family and her uncle's family as he's moving through to the rain, moving to the rainbow bridge and to the other side. Uh, okay questions, comments, go ahead and put those in there. I want to talk about a couple of other things and then uh, maybe we can do a couple of card readings. Uh, I also forgot to mention last week, uh, or maybe I should have mentioned it on Monday, that Saturn, who is now moving forward, right? He's in, uh, he's not in retrograde anymore, is now moved into the gate 49. And the gate 49 is called the gate of revolution right? It is a gate that brings us change. And I thought it was interesting in the United States, you know, we had our um, election on uh, Tuesday the 8th when it was the lunar eclipse. And there was a lot of hype and a lot of expectation that there was going to be a major changeover in the power structure and all of that. And it didn't materialize. So we see a lot of disappointment from certain parts, certain factions about why didn't the red wave manifest and, and all of this type of thing. And I have, you know, the expectation that a revolution was going to happen. But I, I want to qualify this as in the revolution is happening, but in a much quieter way when it comes to Saturn, right? Every time that we and your own countries, if you're not from the USA, are also going through times of uh, of elections or, you know, putting out uh, the the society or culture's wishes, right, for how you want things to go. That has been in a quiet revolution for most of this year, as Saturn has sat in that gate for a long time, and then he moved retrograde, moving away from it. And now he's moving back forward to it. And I think no matter what it is that you, what, you know, your political leanings are, the energy, the greater energy at work behind the scenes is about creating a revolution, right? Re change, right? Recognizing that maybe the systems that we've been living under or our institutions that we've taken for granted all this time don't uphold our beliefs any longer. And so 
we, when we have a planet like Saturn that comes into a gate of revolution, we see the structures and the forms and the roots and the foundations begin to crumble in favor of moving forward. It's an Aquarian energy after all. 49 is an Aquarian energy. An Aquarian and Aquarian energy is setting us up for a future, right? The future. And yet in still preserving the spirit of the um, whatever it is, right? The institution, let's say, but also creating it in a more sustainable way, right? So what's been happening is all of the weaknesses have been exposed, right? All of the places where people are angry, the little fear pockets, right? Where uh, people are angry or upset, feeling maybe not included, uh, all those things have popped up over the last couple of years, right? Women, the Black Lives Matter, um, and then we have uh, white male um, kind of blowback against society. So we have these pockets, right, of, of revolutions that are going on, all based in a fear that the institutions no longer support them. So what do we have to do, right? Well, with Saturn at 49, we have to be willing to change, to not see things in such black and white ways any longer, right? We have to be able to see all the multicoloredness in between, right? We have to see all the different colors, all of the different vibes, all of the different ways of love, all the ways, all the different ways of being, all of the different ways in which we have thought about our world, change right? Needing to change. So we have that going on. Then uh, as well, uh, this week, in fact, what day was that? Hold on. <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's happened already, like today, or if it's happening this week. Uh, it happens today. <clears throat> today, Pluto, our fair weathered friend, um, changes gates back to the gate 60. Now the 60 sits on the sacral or sits on the root center and it forms pressure. Yes, pressure. <laughs> Think about that. 60 sits on the root center. The root center, remember, is the pulse of action that keeps us alive, right? It's about success. It's about survival. It's about taking action, the journey of life, propelling us outward, right, to do something. And the gate 60, Pluto sitting at the gate 60, propels us to move into innovation. It moves toward the gate three. But yet, Pluto at the gate 60 is a destructive force. It's not necessarily a constructive force yet. The constructive force comes later once we have all of the, uh, the, the problems or the underbelly of things exposed so that we know what it is that we have to deal with. In other words, we don't want to put out little fires and change little things as they pop up because it still doesn't make for a sustainable system or a sustainable institution. We want to take the bigger aggregate picture of what's needing change, you know, what's at the bottom of the things that are happening so that we change from the bottom up, right? The gate three is an interesting gate. It's innovation. It is um, very future oriented, but it has trouble in the beginning. In fact, the I Ching gate, I think is called trouble in the beginning because all new things take time to get their feet under them, right? It takes time for a big system of people, a big system like a government or even a community to uh, come up to the change, right? To agree, it's time that we change this. I don't know why that happened. My phone just flew off the thing. <laughs> uh, so timing, right? It's about timing and it is about choosing to move into the changing energy. Uh, in quantum human design, the gate 60 is called the gate of conservation. And it's a, it's a gate of gratitude for where we've been, for the journey. It's a gate of letting go of the old letting go of our controlling natures, letting go, you know, of the past so that we can move forward with the best of what we know to be true now, right? It really puts us in um, a solutions sort of orientation, right? We know what the freaking problems are. We have known what the problems are, but now how do we solve those problems? And in a way, you know, that Venus sextile Pluto, 
uh, tells us that we have to bring it together in cooperation, right, in order to solve problems. So Pluto sitting at the 60, I believe, for the rest of this year. Uh, let's take a look into 2022 and see how long he sits at gate 60 is really, uh, well, all of January, all of February, all of March, <laughs> all of April, um, all of May. You get my drift here. This is a long-term transit. All of June, all of July, holy moly, all of August, mm -hmm. all of September, all of October, all of November next year. I'm into next year. All of 2023. So we have a long-term transit of choosing what comes next, right? Choosing how do we re-empower ourselves and how are we going to bring uh, the highest and best of this energy in uh, and the, it's the transformative nature of this energy. How are we going to be willing to change? It does bring optimism in the highest, right? Optimistic, right? I was optimistic after the election that, you know, maybe most Americans are also tired of the polarization and, you know, it just hasn't telescoped yet to the leaders. <laughs> but maybe as a force, we can telescope to our leaders that we want cooperation, Right. We want to be able to create something innovative and wonderful uh, that brings us not back to the past, but carries us into the future. Right. Uh, Linny, uh, Linny, Pluto can excavate. Indeed. Uh, bringing the hidden to light. Indeed. Indeed. He is an excavator. He turns the dirt, so to speak. Right. So the fresh dirt can be exposed and can be transformed. Right. Uh, okay. Oh, hey, yeah, I forgot I did that. Let's do a couple of card readings. I'm not going to have time now to do them for individuals, but let's draw an animal spirit and let's draw, uh, let's see, who haven't I played with in a while? Oh, I know which one I'm looking for. Here we go. Star seed. Let's pull a star seed card and a spirit animal card for us for the weekend. I'm going to draw the animal first. Remember, we had a trio of animals on Monday, the bear, the peacock, and the wombat. No, not the bear. It was the wombat, peacock, and the whale. The whale. Those were our energies for the eclipse. Uh, they were awesome energies. So now we're going to look for an animal that really represents the next leg of our journey. Oh, and I get dog spirit. Be loyal to what you love. Card number 19. Isn't that a pretty dog? And this card was upside down, which means there's a protection message, something that we need to also learn from the internal. So let's look at what that might mean. Card number 19, which is a 10, uh, which is a one, a new beginning of sorts. But that new beginning comes with an ending when you have it in the 19, right? Because one and nine join together. All right. Dog spirit says, be loyal to what you love. Loyalty to people and situations can turn into attachment that results in stagnation, enmeshment, and loss of integrity. Do you fear what will happen if you let a relationship evolve? Are you afraid that asking for a situation to change will make others see you as disloyal? Trust that when dog spirit appears, you are meant to accept the turning of the wheel of life and the changing of fortunes. If you feel you are being betrayed or are growing apart from someone, let dog spirit reconnect you with your commitment to love in all its forms. Um, perhaps a relationship is meant to evolve. Perhaps you are meant to evolve too, so that you can experience the growth for which your soul yearns. Your greatest loyalty is to love, so be open to all its many guises, including self-love. You deserve the best, and that is what spirit wants for you. Dog. Dog. Dog, dog. All right, so that's that deck. Now let's take a look at the Starseed Oracle, uh, which is a deck by Rebecca Campbell. And there is uh, a guidebook in here that also shows us uh, different like exercises to do. So we'll see what that's all about. And Starseed messages coming likely from our kin in the stars. 
and we get star brothers horus energy protection loyalty safety and trust i sense a theme going on here guys uh, horus and protection loyalty safety trust sort of a cancer feel to it mm -hmm. uh there's no number on these cards so star brothers oops i think i passed it no i did not pass it star brothers here we go you're more protected than you can imagine it's safe to open the back of your heart you're being called to be open to receiving a new level of support now from those in your life and from the benevolent beings you are connected with through ancestral patterning current life traumas and past life karmic impressions many of us have become mistrustful and suspicious of loyalty and have blocks when it comes to receiving support We've learned that we need to go at life alone, that it's not safe to let our guard down and our heart open, that the world isn't a friendly place. The Star Brothers want you to have a new experience of life on Earth. They want you to feel deeply secure and safe, even if you're going through a difficult time. They want, to hand you, they want you to hand over your fears to them, to see them as opportunities to let in more love. They're guiding you to stay open to receiving a greater level of support than you can ever imagine, both in this world and beyond. To call in your team of loyal protectors and supporters, both physically and energetically. They want you to learn to soften through life's ups and downs and to learn to open your heart, especially when it most wants to harden. Here's your starseed soul inquiry. How can you open yourself up to receiving more support? Maybe you can quickly jot this down. It could be a prompt for journaling. How can you open yourself up to receiving more support? All right. How can you open yourself up to receiving more support? Good cards. All right. Uh, yes, Kathleen, on Monday I shared that. I got to over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube on Sunday, I believe it was. And I was at 999 and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm calling my family going, any of you who have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, get on there and subscribe. And they did. <laughs> so we got to a uh, thousand and now we're at over a thousand. Uh, so that is it for me today. Thank you all for joining me today. Again, happy Veterans Day and uh, sending love and light out to those in Florida who might have been uh, experiencing trouble from Nicole. Love and light out to uh, Tom's Ainsley's family for uh, their family support in their uncle's passing. It is time for me to go. Bye, everyone. Have a great weekend.